right, guys. Episode 27 of the Inspire Wire podcast. Let's get it going. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Inspire, Inspire Wire, a, a podcast, podcast where ideas are exchanged, exchanged worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the Inspire Wire with your host, Tom Murphy. Welcome to the Inspire Wire. Uh, today's guest is one of my friends from Williams College. We played on the football team together uh, for, I believe, two years. Um, Mike Davis, who's a corner. And um, one of the more funnier guys I ever met on, on the team. Um, he's a really nice dude. Really, um, he's got a personality. He's creative, outspoken, all those things. And... Um, I reached out to him and he was happy to come on the show. Um, he's got a lot going on. He's working towards a career in producing and he's already got some things in the works. So uh, I think you guys will enjoy the conversation. And um, so let's go right to it. Um, but before we go, I uh, just wanted to remind you guys to subscribe if you haven't and um, leave a rating on iTunes. Uh, and please let me know if you got anybody who'd like to be interviewed or who or if you yourself want to be on the show i would encourage you to contact me um email twitter um at inspirewirepod for twitter and uh inspirewirepod at gmail.com um so just let me know and um yeah we're we're always um Happy to for all feedback on the show. So, thanks. Let's go to the interview. So, I thought we'd start off with is just, you know, catching up. And, um, you know, I haven't been able to talk to you in a while. Um, I think uh, I'm a few years older than you. you. You just graduated Williams, right? No, I still have one year left. Oh, you got well, one more year? Yeah, yeah. Or I'm about to graduate. Okay. This on you. All right, perfect, perfect. So do you, does that mean you're still playing? Uh, do you have another year of eligibility? Nah, nah I, I finished playing football. I was supposed to graduate last year, but I took time off and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so it must it must be kind of weird not being, you know, playing football anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's, I miss it a lot. Like, oh, and I'm actually studying. I I'll go back to Williams next semester. I'm studying at um, UTC at home. Okay. And I'll go back and finish my last semester at Williams. Yeah. Um, next semester, but um, I miss yeah football a lot, and uh, I had the opportunity to play this year, but I just had too many concussions and stuff. Oh yeah. But but I'm. I miss it a lot. Uh, pretty much these days, I fill it up with music and to keep and like working out and stuff to try to yeah uh, bring some co- competitive like yeah. be competitive again. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. when you know when you like lose a sport or stop playing a sport, um, that's a huge chunk of time that's gone. I know for me, when uh, I graduated and stopped playing, it was insane how much time i had on my hands and i was like man i gotta do something and and that's definitely a good way to think about it something 
to continue doing something competitive and yeah. uh that that just doesn't go away when you stop playing so that that's pretty cool so um and i believe i did see um you post and stuff you know you're in the studio doing different things what exactly are you up to as far as music uh, so I, I make music uh, producer and I make like rap and stuff but now these days like studying in Chattanooga I came here to study like orchestration and composing to oh, try yeah. to bring that bring that into my beats and um and my music with like hip hop and stuff but right now I'm focusing on um, composing and I have like a composition teacher and all wow. and all that UTC so that's why I'm focusing, but my focus before has been music, um, making beats and pr- production, and that's what I'm um, looking to do. That's interesting, man. Uh, I'm sure that's a really, really uh, cool thing to get into because there's so there's such a a wide range of things you can do with composing. I mean, there's so many different ways to create, you know, uh, a a piece of uh, music, uh, especially, and, and you gotta love, um, orchestral music because, uh, you know, with all the movies you watch, you know, there's always a really good, um, the way the music relates with the movie. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of orchestral music, especially in really good movies. You can't, you can't have a good movie without, you know, a good score. Uh, exactly. so I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So um, with the producing of um, you know rap that what you've been trying to do create uh, beats as you were saying, um, mm-hmm. is that your main focus or um, have you been doing other things around that with like have you been writing songs or or just mostly producing them? Um, you mean like I've been writing songs as in like composing them and writing, but are you do you mean lyrics? Yeah, I meant more. Just- I meant more lyrics. Yeah. No, I, I, I have in the past, but I'm not, no, I'm not, like, um, writing anymore, but, like, I I may write for, um, like, an artist that I'm working with, like, for a hook or chorus or, like, help plan out or write a song, but not for myself, not for myself. Okay, okay. That's interesting. So... When when did you start getting interested in producing and doing things like that? Um, was that at Williams and and were you doing anything at Williams or was it just recently that you really got into it? Yeah, so I uh, I started like working with music like at ten around ten like age ten. I played violin and started learning piano and stuff. But and I did it all throughout high school. But at like producing. I didn't pick that up until Williams. Actually, like with Chris Lafleur, Justin Harris. Yep. Um, probably at the um, end of my sophomore year, that's when I started producing. But I, I've always been like a music guy and been making my own music. So it was really learning a new tool and having a new tool and different way to make music uh, when I started producing. Yeah. So. Uh... Are you now? So you're so you're back home in Chattanooga. Uh, are you yeah. are you surrounded by like um, some of your friends from your hometown, kind of, or who who do you uh, make music with in particular? Are there a few that you've um, 
you know that you that you knew beforehand or these people from UTC that you just met that you're kind of helping produce for? Um, so some are like just from being from Chattanooga, I've, I've known them like just from around. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't say like we were friends and stuff, but I've known them just from around. Oh, okay. And, um, just from like the music scene. Um, but like really making my own like beats, I still just collab with Justin while he's in Chicago. Yeah. And we, we, um, do that. But, and some newer people at UTC I've just met. But while I've been home, I really haven't, uh, made many songs with newer people from UTC. We're just getting on it. And I've been really focusing on composing too. So I'll get back to making a lot of songs. Uh, like next semester, but I have worked with artists from just Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's cool that you're trying something new. You're you're finally getting you know a, um, you know some teaching, some course background at at the college, which is really mm. cool. Um, that probably helps a lot when you're when you're fine. Like, it's great when you got um that interest and you're kind of learning on your own. But once you get you know, especially into a college program where they got the facility, they got everything you need to get going. It's not you're paying for all these extra um, things you need to produce. I'm sure it helps to have uh, the right equipment, the right uh, guidance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, being here has helped a lot, especially with, um, like, learning and understanding music because a lot of the kids in this music program really love music and just been around them you get to learn a lot just from like having side conversations to um meeting with the professors so there's a lot of different ways and um to engage with the music and learn so yeah i would say you're right about that yeah yeah so um now that you're back in chattanooga um it's definitely i'm sure for you um it feels way different than being at Williams, obviously, because you're in a city. But also, the thing about Williams, it seemed like it was very much, you know, that college bubble. It was like it was almost like a different world, you know. And now, yeah. and now you're kind of back in your hometown. And even though you are still at college, I feel like from for other colleges, um, you know, if you're around a city, it's it's not as as if you're just in your own little world because at Williams we had like eight thousand people in the town and five thousand was from the college, so it was like crazy how small it was. Um, have you noticed how different it is like to live, you know, you know, in a city where you have a school yeah. as opposed to in that small town with nobody there? Yeah, that's a huge difference. Just Especially just being home and the feel of everything is just like um, more familiar and people like more comfortable. But like the, I can't even put it in words how different it is. Uh, like just the whole overall environment. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's uh, it's also north and south. Like the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The southern culture, you know. You know, everybody at Williams, you know, there's so many rich kids everywhere. You're yeah. not, you're not in like an inner city or anything like that. Yeah. And, um, 
And the major difference is just being on a bigger campus. You Like, I obviously haven't um, went to any other school, but being on a bigger campus, I just realized exactly how small Williams was and how different it was from other schools and um, things like that, like how different the campus the students on campus interact with each other just from the difference in the environments and how big the schools are and all that. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Wil- so. William Williams was like, you know, a big high school. It was crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody knew each other. It was like exactly. Yeah, it was it was pretty a weird um, situation, but you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of it's good because you got like. All this time, um, you're separated from the real world. You're kind of like in your own zone where you can you can focus on you know your studies and then you also obviously your sports. But it kind of takes away from a little bit because you're you're not exposed to like everyday stuff that's going on. I mean, you know, I remember I remember you used to post like um, things that would go on and and in Chattanooga you'd like retweet oh like this something's going on Ch- Chattanooga like with a, a a race riot or or something serious that would happen yeah. and at Williams you don't see that because nothing's going on you know yeah yeah exactly it's crazy but yeah well that's that's um that's cool uh it's good to hear you're back back home learning um so uh do you have any like any free time now that you're doing uh is it a full-time schedule at utc or no yeah i've taken um like four yeah four, a full court like four courses but all of them are music um so i really don't feel like i'm taking courses but i have to do the work but that's the work i want to be doing so um in my free time i feel with doing music and just working like a side job at the airport yeah. So I, re- I really don't have a ton of free time, but I do, but I choose to focus um, use my free time to focus on music. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm sure that how, I'm sure that can, you know, take up a lot of your time doing the music. Yeah, sp- especially while learning um new things, constantly learning and um constantly trying to expand myself and and um work with different things it takes a lot of it takes time and a lot of effort to really perfect it so that's what uh, i wanted to do yeah so that's exactly yeah um back to what i was saying uh a little bit about um you know williams how it was a bubble and everything um one thing that was interesting was the fact that it was small and it was kind of, you know, secluded, it was kind of like um, it enabled people to kind of, you know, express themselves and 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 do different activities and things like that um, and kind of create like a little bit of sense of politics and like and act and you were able to, you know, do different things. Um I know that you and Chris and Justin, didn't you guys do some activism within Williams? Were you guys all um, together in, in a certain club or activity? I forget what it was, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 
At Williams, um, I was uh, president, a co-president of the Griffin Society. Okay. Which was a, a men of co- color group. Okay. That, um, uh, is that what you were speaking about? I think so. I think I no. knew you guys were all in one together. I forget. Yeah, what yeah. Yeah, the Griffin Society. And I actually still um, like I'm in touch with, I don't know if you know some of the players like now, Jalen. Moni, who's a player on the football team, who's um, the current president of that group. Okay. So I still, I guess in my free time, I I, um, I still communicate um, and talk about the group. But yeah, um, we really, um, so our first goal is um, professional development and kind of bring the tools and um, guidance and certain professional things and ideas to the men of color at Williams and um, kind of form a brotherhood so that we can get certain political statements across or um, as far as professional development, um, get all of our members or men of color on campus um, apt to working in the business world or trying to bring a level of comfort to each other within that bubble where, you know, um, there wasn't a lot of us or start being from different places. We could always relate to, um, people at Williams. So that was our main focus was professional development, um, bringing people, people together. Uh, was, Um, was, uh, Chris in that group too? Yeah. Chris. Yeah. Chris was in it as well. Yeah. He, um, for those who have uh, listened to the podcast before, uh, I had Chris LaFleur on the show. Um, that's what we're talking about. He, he was uh, he was a member of the society as well, and uh, he's he's a big guy with um, you know activism for you know people of color, and he's doing a lot right now in Detroit. Um, that's kind of similar to what the Griffin Society seems like. That that was the mission, you know, professional development, like you were saying. Um, I think that's, uh, was really cool when you guys were doing that. Um, and it has a good message, you know, it seems like, um, nowadays a a lot of that, you know, top, those topics keep, keep coming up. Maybe they've been coming up for a long time, but it seems like now with, uh, the way, um, the NFL has been treating the recent, um, you know, what, with kneeling at the national anthem with Kaepernick and everything, it seems like that's come to the forefront even more. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think these issues have been in place for a while or, um, there, there have been issues all, all along, but I do feel like Kaepernick's protests are bringing these issues up, especially, um, with social media, it's bringing it up in people's faces, and um, you can't really avoid it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's all over the news. It's not just um, with the NFL either. I mean, it becomes national news when, when something like that happens because, I mean, that's what people watch on Sundays. It's either the news or uh, the NFL, it seems like. so. But uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know what uh, to think about the whole about the fact that Kaepernick still isn't on a team, man. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like with that, I, I don't really know any way to put it. Um, I, I see a lot of people saying it's, it could be this or that or uh, he's not good enough or all, all that, but you got to know it's just from his directly from his protesting. Yeah. Um, that's what I believe. And I, and I believe, like, I, I think he is a hero. Like, Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I know a lot of people say this and that about it. Um, but I really think he's a hero. And he really made people, he, he his, what his actions made an impact. Yeah, and, it was and, literally like a single-handed movement. Like he he created he created a national uh, news story uh, single-handedly, and without being violent or without doing any like anything really wrong. Um, and uh, and it seems, you know, it's crazy because that's hard to do nowadays. Um, you know, and, you know, it seems weird because, like, other activists, um, for any, any, any type of movement, it usually takes a lot of work, but literally all he, all he did was take a knee on national TV and he's, like, he's made such a difference. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting. I, I, I think it's I think it's odd a little bit that Kaepernick hasn't been um, on a roster. I don't know what the deal could have been. Like Roger Goodell, like behind closed doors with the NFL owners, like saying, "All right, this is the rule. Like you can say, you can tell everybody else they can kneel, but you're not allowed to sign Kaepernick." Because it's weird because the NFL owners are saying. Oh yeah, we we agree with the right for any NFL player to express um, their opinions to you know affect change by kneeling. Um, but now they're coming out with this, but they still won't um, bring Kaepernick even onto a practice squad or you know a backup. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think. Uh, the owners. The owners are just playing a political role, or um, I feel like there's a lot of acting going on. I, yeah. I, I, I definitely don't think they're with, with this protest. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think they're with it. Um, I definitely think. The the NFL blackball Kaepernick, and yeah. it has to do directly with him kneeling. Um, and I definitely don't think the owners are promoting, really believing and promoting um, freedom, like freedom for their players to kneel. And I, I, yeah, I, I just don't believe that. Yeah, I know it doesn't seem like it. it, uh, it I'm actually surprised how long it's been. Um, we the players have been able to uh, continue to uh, kneel. Um, it's it's good, you know. They they continue to you know promote what they what they want to happen. Um, yeah. 
but uh, I'm surprised it's gone this long. I think it's only been going on this long because Trump is so violently tweeting at, at all the players and, and owners, um, which is pretty ridiculous, but it's, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's, if that happens, I mean, you know, whatever, I mean, it's, I, it feels like Trump's the one who who's kind of helping Kaepernick right now, it seems like he's just creating it, he's blowing it up even more, but. Yeah, so, um, anyways, uh, so you got one more semester, you got a semester, uh, you're going to finish up in Tennessee, then head back to, um, Williams, uh, in the spring. Uh, so, do you know what the, what the next plan is, what the moves are? For me, um, I mean, I haven't gotten my life figured out, so there's no worries there, um. I'm sure if you talk to any of your friends um, in your class or in the class ahead of you, and 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 they and you ask them, you know, what's some advice to give you, um, you know, planning planning your next step, and and most people would say they haven't figured their their shit out. So I mean, it's uh, so no worries. But uh, I figured I'd ask you anyway, see if you got anything in the works. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Like everybody else, I'm not completely figured out, but I definitely want to go into the music business, and um, I'm in the works of trying to start up my own studio here in Chattanooga, um, and that's been my main focus is pretty much music and what, um, and try to make it to, and try to graduate. Yeah. Um, I have, um, yeah, I don't really have any solidified plans or. Well, that well that's in, well that's yeah. interesting, you know, starting your own studio and and like you were saying, you want to, you know, make beats, but like, so, it helps that you're you know learning orchestral uh, producing as well. I mean, are you gonna be interested in in producing for all sorts of music or or. Or are you even li- limited to music? Do you want to produce other things like radio or I don't know? Like, is what's the end game? Are you going to be just focusing on one type of thing, or you want to make it a broad, broad studio kind of thing? Um, definitely a broad. I've been working a broad studio type thing. I've I've been working with um, making music videos, and um, with a studio, it'll be like a video production studio as well um and all that i'm trying to start like a music scene in chattanooga for like for kids um like in the past i i had a tutoring business and i work with kids i used to um want to be a teacher and all that but my but um my studio really be to start um bringing kids in uh, from inner city Chattanooga and working with them and teaching them um, composing or any instrument or production. Um, so really, that's what my studio, I think I wanted it to be for. Um, and I'm getting that started. But um, my end goal is to, is to make a positive impact on Chattanooga with music, um, socially and politically. Um, so I'm just trying to 
figure my way out to doing that. Yeah, that that's um, you but, know, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and with so and with and that I'm kind of combining my like being a producer and a composer and conducting music is all has like a leadership a leadership type role, like almost like coaching football. Um, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like when directing you know, many different people, um, like with being in teaching um, in the past and working with kids and all that, I feel like using this, because music changed my life. Um, like growing up, I played in a youth um, symphony in Chattanooga and I didn't really see like other black kids yeah, and that doing that, and still to this day, and I want to change the perception, like, yeah, and expand expand the perception, cause it cause it really can open up many different doors, and I know that's one of the reasons I got to Williams, um, was because you my, had, you had my, that background. my music ability, yeah, 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 cause exactly, like you were saying, you know, um. You see, when you go to a symphony, um, you you don't like you said you didn't see many black people. You saw you saw like uh, I don't know. That's kind of it's kind of stereotypically for me to say, but you know I see a lot of Asians and whites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know that it seems like um, for whatever reason, you know it hasn't been the case. But that that's really cool. So. You already have a plan to kind of bring in um, kids from Chattanooga high schools and 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 help them out. That's 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 interesting. That's cool. Yeah, and I, I uh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just um, I, w- I wasn't. I didn't think I had anything, but maybe oh. uh, um, what uh, what did you say you played when you were in a symphony? Violin. Oh okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I still play, but I don't have much time to like focus on violin right now. Yeah. But I've been um recording, doing like live samples and stuff, and really working with other people, writing for other um, musicians. But, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's you know, that's really cool because um, not only is that you know. An interesting field, but also getting into a creative industry, uh, whatever it is, usually unlocks doors, and uh, it helps your background, um, and and it helps your resume. You know, any any type of skill that you can get in a creative industry, there's a lot going on because a lot of people love music, a lot of people love the arts, and uh, having a skill like that, you know, um, having a studio. You know, it. There's a lot going on when it comes to that. You know. Yeah. So that that's really cool. I mean, um, I hope everything goes well with that. And um, you know, uh, I've never been down to Chattanooga, but it seems like that would be a really cool thing to get going. You know, a music, because because Tennessee, especially you know Nashville, obviously, but it's a big, it's big for music down there. Did you experience that when you were a kid? That there was a lot of music, uh, a big music scene. Uh, I guess, I mean, not really, cause the, 
like the really the Tennessee was famous for like or mostly country music in Nashville. Yeah. But like where I'm from, Chattanooga, up until recently there wasn't any like major artists um out so I I mean I guess there wasn't that big of a music scene, but this uh, Chattanooga is like an hour away from Atlanta where there's a huge um, music scene these days. And um, I, I would say the Atlanta's music scene influences or is what I really experienced growing up more than a Tennessee or um, Chattanooga music scene. Yeah. Uh you know, the other thing about being in creative industry, you know, I I could tell when I met you that you were, you know, somebody who, you know, was creative. Um, just because of your humor, you were, you were hilarious. Do you, <laughs> did you ever, uh, you know, do you never thought about, you know, comedy or anything like that, you know, uh, whether it's writing or doing anything like that? Now, um... No, one day I I want to have like a a cartoon or something where I can where I'm like <laughs> write, writing it and making my own music and producing it. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like into comedy and stuff. If those uh, are no, I but I, I just remember like you were definitely one of the funnier guys on our team. I I definitely remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like joking around and stuff, but I never like thought of it as like a career. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's uh I always it was funny because when you got a coach like um Coach Kellen, it was always you know funny to imitate him and all the coaches and things like that. And um, it's, I'm sure it was funny when he was like um coaching the DBs, just like in a practice like that, you know, interacting with him. Yeah, I lo- man, I miss Kelton so much. Yeah, he was he's hilarious. He's such a funny guy. Yeah, he's such a funny guy. But <laughs> he was, he's a character, man. Yeah, I, I, I remember the first time I came to Williams and met him. I could not stop laughing. He's so funny. <laughs> uh, and uh, how many? Was there a year where he just coached you guys, or did you have McGinty? McGinty? No, nah, um. Every, I was with Kelton the whole time. I never okay. Had. All right. Yeah. So I imagine you you spend the most time with Kelton. I'm sure all you guys, all the DBs, had you know like jokes about him and stuff. You know whether it be the film room and because you guys got to spend more time. You know in the film room, he'll, he'll be like, um, you know, busting your balls and something like that. You just laughing in your head. Yeah. Like, um, he couldn't fall asleep in the film room. He'll. Me- Here's a humiliation for everybody, um, like, messing up and film, he'll definitely call you out and make a joke about you, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what, but that's the thing we, li- like, really liked about him, he made you really feel comfortable, um, funny, while all while teaching you at the same time, so. Yeah, no, he had a good yeah. sense of humor, for sure, it's, it's good yeah. to have, it's good to have somebody that, you know, a coach that you, you can be honest with, you can joke around with, um, and it's not such a such an authoritative relationship because 
you know, if it's just like a business thing where it's like they're telling you what to do and you're not, you don't really learn as much because you can't really have that conversation back and forth. Um, I don't know. It seems like he, he brought brought out a lot of the um, good things from his players. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. Um, and that that was interesting for me because um, it it inspires you know a lot of people to want to be in that kind of position, whether it be a coach or a teacher. And like you were saying, um, you know, mentoring other people, teaching them um, music and and composing and things like that. Um, you know, having somebody uh, for an example of you know an inspiration. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, it wasn't until after I, uh, like, stopped playing football and Kelton had left, he, where I definitely started to understand and, like, come into a realization of how much he impacted me and, um, how much he influenced me. And I would definitely say experiencing him and being at a place like Williams where I felt coming from a completely different place, um, seeing his role and impact on me and other many other ways outside of football and during football. Um, I would definitely say that influenced me to um, go towards the teaching role and, and the music role. And I definitely at times go back and think about how I learned different things and to definitely try to apply that with how I interact with not even just like my younger students, but, people I'm working with um, where I have to like take on the leadership role and putting together a song or or um, communicating my ideas from composing to a musician like I definitely learned you know um, different things on how to communicate how to joke around and be business all those different types of things from Kelvin yeah um I know, yeah, that's that's pretty huge, you know, when you have someone like that. And um, it seems like that is one of the huge benefits of football um, because you learn so much about life in general um, and about, you know, you learn so many life lessons out there. You're with, you know, your teammates, you know, you learn about social interaction, how you can work together with other people, um, how to be, you know, how to make decisions critically, all that other kind of things, you know, um, and, you know, not a lot of other people, um, people who don't, you know, uh, play sports or, or team sports in particular don't get to experience that, you know, working towards a common goal that you really care about. Um, I mean, yeah, you do sometimes in clubs and things like that, but when you're really, like, you can only get so much out of, you know, your interaction with, say, a college professor um, when, like, doing research or a project. But, like, when you're on a, a sports team or in, like, a very competitive situation where you're all uh, working towards the same same goal with a bunch of people, it really, you know, you learn a lot and... It's it makes definitely makes you a better person, um, for sure. And I and I'm definitely really grateful to be able to have played um, sports at the at a competitive level. Um, 
at, when I was a kid, uh, I almost didn't play football because uh, I I didn't play till eighth grade. But I was I was like, man, I've been playing golf so much, I've been playing soccer so much, and I never tried football. And I was really happy I did, obviously. But uh, you know, that's what you get out of those team sports that people don't tell you until you actually get in there. You know? Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, did you did you play uh? I think you met one of my high school teammates, Seabird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Ryan Seabird. I played with yeah. him uh, in in Spain. It was uh, I was living with him for six months. It was a long time. Um, man, there was some crazy. He's 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 a crazy dude, but he's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's funny, man. Yeah, no, he's a good guy. Um, he's really nice. Like, um, he'll do anything for you. You know. Um, and he was a really, really good player. He played at Southern Miss. Yeah. Um, he's strong, fast, all that shit. But, um, you know, one thing that was interesting was the fact that he had, uh, he had type one diabetes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I was living with him and Josh, uh, Helm Camp. And, um, you know, a few times, uh, he, you know, was wasn't you know, he doesn't test his blood as much as he should, and he he got freak out or something. He'd have a seizure in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. He I, I seen dang man, I seen him have one before at school. Really? But yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot what. But yeah, in high school. But I know, yeah, I know. See right That's man. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he might be in Chattanooga now. I don't know, but um, he's uh. He he went on to play after Spain. He was playing in um, Albania or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, it was a good time for sure. It was interesting playing with him, and um, he was talking about you and asking how you've been and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that was a crazy trip being in Spain with Helmkamp. It was a good time. Um, yeah. It was so different, obviously. It was just like it was three Americans, and then the rest, and they all the Americans were really good players, and then all the um, all the other players were just like not good. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I actually what I, I actually like. Well, I think I was working out like right before my senior season, um, and I saw Seaberg before he went over to Spain. It was like working out together, but and he was telling me that the players were going to be that good. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like high school, high school level, high school level players, but you know they're bigger. Obviously, yeah. they're they're adults, but they're just like not as good as American players. They have they haven't learned you know football, you know all that kind of stuff. But it, yeah. you know it was a great experience. It was like a free vacation. Definitely, definitely recommend. Um, but yeah, I mean, fo- fo- football was a, g- a great decision. You know, I was so happy I decided to play football and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a great sport. Yeah, for but, sure. So, uh, you know, I don't know what else, uh, any other things you got going on, any, any, uh, hobbies or, or, or interests, um. Or ideas you you uh, you're passionate about, but um, 
Um, if not, I mean, I, I I appreciate you coming on the show and um, good luck with everything. And um, I don't know if you have anything you'd like to share with the listeners on the podcast, like things you got going on, like what what's the name of uh, you know your production company or 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 artists that you want to shout out or anything like that. Oh yeah, look out. Um, be on the lookout for Money Sign Media. Um, that'll be my video and music production company. Um, and starting a studio um, next year in Chattanooga. Um, other than that, man, thanks for having me. So I, uh, yeah, so is it gonna be the the actual symbol, the money sign? Yeah. So it's that it's that like symbol and then media. Oh, M S M money sign M. Um, oh, okay. M so money it's sign be M. Money, money with the money sign that spells sign and media. Oh, okay. I and got you. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. All right, yeah, we'll definitely check that out um, as you're working on it. And uh, yeah, no, thanks a lot for coming on the show. It was a good time, and uh, it's good. It's always good to catch up with a fellow fellow uh, Williams College football guy. Um, there was some good times, you know. Yeah, for sure, bro. Um, I appreciate you uh, asking me to talk with you. Um, you know, it's definitely good to catch up. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. See you. All right, guys, that was part one of the podcast. This is the first time, but we've got two parts, two interviews with Mike, um, two separate occasions. We kind of had to split it up, but we had um, we the second part, we uh, have Mike get a chance to flesh out a little bit more of what's going on with Ma- uh, Money Sign Media, what uh, team members he's involved, who's helped him along the way, things like that, as well as uh, we get into a few other topics and, and go a little bit uh, more in depth, but uh, it's definitely worth a listen, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the first part. Um, you know, Mike's a great guy, and I was happy to have him on. We had we had some good convos and got to reminisce a little bit. That's always good, and I always love catching up with uh, friends from the past. So um, that was awesome, and it's great to see that he's got a lot of creative stuff going in. Um, you love to see that, and. Um, uh, wish nothing but the best for him. So um, just keep tuning in and uh, thanks for listening. You know, when we were talking about it yesterday, we were talking about you know everything that's been going on. One thing I didn't get to ask you was um, how we really haven't been exposed. Like I've I haven't been playing uh, competitive sports in a long time, and and I wasn't exposed to uh, it at the same time as Kaepernick when he was kneeling and when all this um, controversy came about. I wasn't playing at that time, so it wasn't. It didn't seem. It was more of just a news story as opposed to something that is um, an ongoing issue. And it seemed like to me that um, it wasn't really affecting me when when I was playing. But I don't know if it if that has come to um, you know Williams or 
if it's come if you noticed it in in college because that that's a weird um dynamic because we're not on a um you know a big stage we're we're just yeah. you know a d3 college program but a lot of people for good reason have strong views about these issues and i'm sure i know i've seen like posts of it um being um circulated at, at every type of level at every type of sport it's a it's a, it's a big thing you know yeah yeah for sure um i think the Kaepernick situation started um like around my senior season so it was just in the news um just like fresh in the news everybody's talking about it and it caused a lot of controversy and i definitely saw it how um, it impacted williams because in my senior year i know for the like personally i um like personally, been against the like the standing for the national anthem and all that. Like based on my own opinions, and I never uh, like took a knee, but I always would never part like participate in the um, national anthem. Probably after like my sophomore year of college, um, just from my personal beliefs. But definitely my senior year after Kaepernick. Um, like nail and stuff I, I I started getting responses from like the fans at the Williams games for like not being in the line or um not so you were getting so you were getting a uh, response you specifically or just you knew from uh Williams football um you knew of people who were getting responses, and that was that via email or what, how was that being communicated? Like, like right there at the right. Oh, because the they're right because they're yeah. right there, and yeah. and yeah, our stands are really close to the bench. Yeah, they yell like um. They were saying stand and shit. Yeah, that was like, I don't know. Once I kept my helmet on, like take your helmet off or um, respect the flag. I know. I I even got called into the dean's office for um. Not participating. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because they told our, um, like, people call. Like, the thing I'm really trying to stress is, like, after Kaepernick, it drew, it drew a lot of attention to um, players like myself that didn't participate um, in the national anthem. And um, I know my senior year for the Amherst game, a lot, and that's when I was um, the president of the Griffins. I know we talked about that song. Yeah. Um, like a member of the Griffins and other black players actually knelt during the um, national anthem of the Amherst game. So, um, that was a that was a big uh, and that was after the dean had come and talked to you specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you were you know making a statement on at, you know our big game kind of. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and for. Like, you know, like you said, Williams isn't necessarily, like, the biggest platform or the biggest, um... Yeah, it's not what, a big... Sta- stage, yeah, stage to get your message across, but at the same time, it's it's still, um... It clearly made an impact because there had enough people coming that you had to be approached by a dean of the college. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um... That's in, that's interesting. I never knew that. 
Um, but I can't imagine it because for some reason, uh, um, the Williams fans, the alumni, they they um, they're pretty strong in in what they believe in, and, and uh, I don't know, they always seem to have a very close eye on on what's going on with the football team. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's a uh, interesting story. Um, you know, it seems that I I don't know. It would be an interesting thing um, to be on a team and um, have that be a part of you know conversation within like different uh, players and the coaches because you've you, you've kind of seen it in with the NFL. It's it's created kind of um, in a way. Um, it's kind of divided some players um, from each other in, to a degree. Obviously, everybody's there. It's a business. They're there to you know be um, play at the very high level. So it can't it can't you know make a impact. But at a level, let's say a high school program or D three um, college program, it's something you know where. It could affect, you know, possibly the chemistry of the team because it's like, you know, beliefs that are are important to each other. So it's interesting. Yeah, I definitely at Williams. I don't. It didn't necessarily divide the team, and I, I don't think it even caused that much of a conversation or brought even a conversation between the team or um, coaches or anything like that. But and, and, uh, to say the least, I think the other players on the team that didn't choose to kneel or for whatever reason they were in support of our decisions. Um, yeah. So, I, but at the higher level, I definitely see like recently, I think the Houston Texans um, owner like made a comment. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that there about in, inmates or um, causing players inmates or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, and the whole, and like, like last game, the whole, like, majority of the Houston Texans players um, took a knee. Um, and I, and I, now, like, I see a lot more people taking a knee, but I feel like in a, amongst all this controversy that's being brought from it or how like you said, Donald Trump's commented on it, all of these different people bringing their perspectives on what it means to kneel for the flag. I feel like Kaepernick's original message to protest against police brutality or the unfair treatment of minorities in America um, is sort of getting lost, but at the same time, like people like that, that are in support of Kaepernick are still being able to, like, reinforce that message or bring that back up like for example when people are saying that's disrespectful to the flag or this and that it's still bringing um Kaepernick's message to the light um yeah I think I think uh yeah you make a good point like it started to get lost a little bit I thought that the um the ESPN and a lot of the networks that have you know 
you know, some people who know what's going on, they know what, you know, Kaepernick did was such a great accomplishment. Um, you see a lot of those guys really saying, you know, this is what the issue is and uh, we need to focus on that. And um, just the fact that it's created all this controversy, it has helped, you know, it's not, it's gone away from it a little bit, but like you said, there are people who come back to the issue and say, no, this is why he did it. This is um, what needs to change, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's a positive. So. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's bringing a lot more people like football is huge in, in this country, yeah. especially the NFL. I feel like just with the, controversy or all the things being said is bringing more attention to um, his message or like more uh, like people that never even watch football know who Cap- Colin Kaepernick is or who yeah. are particularly um, football fans know who he is so I think it's definitely involving more people um, yeah, getting a lot more people to think and, and yeah, try yeah. to understand yeah I, I agree it's um like you said, it's not many people, you know, people still are talking about it, whether it's like we were talking about uh, earlier, you know, people are talking about that. We're talking about that issue, regardless of whether they saw it on um, a sports channel or, or the news, because it was that big of an issue that it was brought up on, you know, those nightly news shows and things like that. So, because it involved people with such a high profile like Donald Trump and things like that. So, that, that in a way, Trump kind of helped uh, make the story that much bigger, um, even though it was kind of a um, negative um, way to bring it in, but it still ha- served a purpose. So, um, yeah, I think I think it, it's really cool. I, I still... Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm still looking forward to, um, you know, eventually the day when Colin comes back into the league, and um, I'm hoping for it. And, and I think when he does get back in the league, if he gets a chance to play, um, he's gonna do really well because he's a great, great QB. For sure, for sure, yeah. definitely. But uh, but he's doing great things and. Um, you know, he's got his organizations, he's donating, and it's actually encouraged a lot of, um, you know, players to create their own organizations, um, you know, give back to their communities and, um, you know, raise awareness, which, which I'm sure Colin could, couldn't be more thrilled which with the way it's turned out, except for him not playing. Everything else has been amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. sure. But and yeah. I definitely... Oh, keep going. Um, I was about to comment, like, he definitely has brought up the attention to other players, like other um, players in the NFL. And like I said, it affected people at Williams College. Like, So you you never know how... Like, you can't really tell how many people he's actually, like, inspired or influenced to step out and speak up. But I also want, like, speaking on that, I also want to, like, talk about, like, how people view, um, like, fellow players may view some black players not kneeling or not protesting in that way. 
I feel like sometimes they get lost that that is their jobs and some people like it is a profession like it's a job and um like with that money they're taking care of their families taking care of yeah their fam- like you know what I'm saying so it's a lot of pressure on those players to make a decision or um either protest or not or not but I feel like Colin Kaepernick and and this controversy outside has made it a lot easier to um protest but not necessarily not always the consequence you know it's yeah it's, it's lighting the consequences because people are like putting a spotlight on the owners or right and you know what i'm saying so it's it's definitely like you're saying you know when when you when you say you say you're not growing up in a great situation you're you know you're a black man growing up in a tough neighborhood but then you luckily and with hard work you make it to the nfl you you're grateful for the the position you're in and um it's hard to be like um you know to not only be grateful but also say hey there's there's a lot going wrong but yeah like you were saying that's a that's a very unique position to be in and also you know a very tough one but um it's it's really nice that you know colin's been able to really make it make it easier for for those in that situation where they don't feel like they're they're exposed or vulnerable when they do decide to make a conscious decision to say hey this we need to change this that and the other exactly yeah yeah that's 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 really cool i think um and thanks, thanks again for sharing that that story. I never knew about, um, you know, what was going on at Williams during that time. But I think that's definitely applicable to a lot of people who played sports. You know, it became a huge issue not just for the NFL, for anybody who played sports. And you know, it's good to see that kind of perspective and how how it really changed um, the dynamic of. Um, of sports in general at all levels, but um, yeah, it d- definitely means we're headed in the right direction. I think um, more people are talking about it, which is always the best case scenario. So we'll see. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we can head on. We can talk a little bit about. Um, uh, you mentioned you have a lot in the works. It's kind of a new thing you got going on. Money Sign Media. Um, where you're doing a lot of producing, um, creating you know beats for rap, you're creating orchestral music, all that kind of stuff. You you got you're learning at um, uh, UTC and and things are going things are going good. So um, uh, you you want to talk a little bit about um, things you got in the works or or you know things that helped you along the way. And um, so I'll let you I'll let you jump in here. Yeah, so like I said, um, I started making beats like, a little less than two years ago, so I really knew to that feel. And I'm um, being home for this last year um, at UTC, working with orchestral music and all that. I've really um, start trying to figure out how to make my art a business and or how to develop my art. Or, or my music as a business and 
that's really what I've been focused on lately. Um, because I've, like, I started to understand the difference between a beat maker and a producer. Like, a beat maker just, um, sends his beats, sends his beats to artists and not really putting the effort to promote, um, like, get those songs out there. Um, which is a huge part of becoming successful, and, um, in the music industry. So, like, with that being said, I've been trying to, um, like get all the business things down. Um, work on work on develop work on developing and creating a team um, around money side media. To yeah, be, I mean it's a crazy, um, it's a highly competitive market, and you got um, you know, like you said, you started making it two years ago. Uh, well, started making beats, and um, I'm sure it's a uh, it's quite. It can probably be uh, a little bit overwhelming, but when you got a team and and you start working towards a goal and you got a group as opposed to say you're just making beats and you're by yourself and you're sending them out, it's not as. Um, I don't know. It seems like from what you're saying, you got you're not as. Um, it's not as business minded. Like, and yeah. and now you can kind of really market. Because what you're trying to do is market your brand and kind of bring artists in and things like that, right? Yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so and really being successful in the music industry takes a great team. So that's that's why I've been trying to build. Um, I know, I've been, like I told you, um, I was I'm really trying to bring in diversity to like the culture of black or what's considered black music or music in general i'm trying to change that trying to offer different outlets um like musically or artistically to like the black community um where i'm from so like i started off work um teaching teaching i I was talking about how teaching um goes in hand with music, sports, um, all that. But my primarily ro- primary role is to be a teacher of music, um, like, within my brand. So, like, developing my team, um, I start started working with, like, 15, a 15-year-old producer named Boom Boom um, from Chattanooga and an 11-year-old producer trying, trying to get them ready, uh, build them up for, like, the business parts of music, um, while also teaching them how to be a producer, how to, how to, all the business things, ins and outs. It was, it was a team and really understanding the business parts of the music industry because there's a lot of talent everywhere. Um, and a lot of it is who you know, how you, how do you get the exposure, um, figuring out new innovative ways to, that exposure and that all comes from building a solid team around you with marketing um everything from like videos um apparel clothing and all that so i've been working with um actually a student at mtsu with video um i don't know if i mentioned i'm um, into making music videos as well but I've been working with a girl named Emma Gefter at um, Middle Tennessee State, who 
we've actually been like who's helped me a lot create a a great image and brand to like get out to people you know that that's one of the first things i feel like um attracts people to artists besides the music itself is the brand and the image you know you know yeah you definitely it's like any yeah. it's like any type of um you know product that you got out there you got to have a strong marketing you know team you got you got to you know present your product in a certain way it's all about it, it that's what it's like in every uh business and and music is no different you know yeah exactly and um so really putting together a team of um I worked with a like a booking agency who a booking agency who's ran by my one of my good friends from high school, um, the Don B agency, who is like try putting together shows um, for local artists, um, going and finding talent to build shows and all that. Um, so working with him has been very helpful. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, so. For for example, like, what is something that you've been working on uh, very lately that, you know, you got something in the works or you got a certain project that you're hoping to release or, or like, are you just accruing different team members and, and working on, um, you know, like, because you said you haven't really released it um, yet, but... Uh, what are kind of the steps that you're going through right now? So I so right now um, I'm I'm doing a, a, I'm focusing a lot on composing um, and building a solid foundation to launch my um, business studio and all that. But um, like next week I have a concert actually like uh, that's involving like a new era type music that's crossing between orchestral music and digital mu- music with like rap beats, all that um, at UTC. So that's actually next week where I'll be presenting a couple composed pieces, but it's not necessary. All the pieces that are composed aren't um, with just or- orchestral music. I'm doing, um, some like, for example, I have a um, a project with a dan- a dancer, Taylor Freeman, who um, is choreographing to one of my beats. Who what is um, which is made from like a cross between the digital software and music, and we'll have like a live part, a live part to it with um, a so- violins and. So, uh, so, uh, that, that's interesting. So when you, um, when you have this concert, is it like you already, you have every, all this, the, the symphony members are, are there and going to be performing live or is it, is it like there's a DJ there and he has a mix of the more digital music and then it's combined with the orchestral music? How does that work exactly? Cause it sounds really cool. Yeah, so there'll be live. Um, it's not gonna be a, a entire symphony or entire orchestra. There'll be live players, okay. you know, like on a, pian- a piano. Um, yeah. Um, 
synthesizer, violin, right, a couple different instruments like like that. Um, but as far as like, there's no DJ. I, I'm pretty much, I'll be, um, like in charge of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's no, there's no DJ. How how it really works is, um, like the computer. I've made the electric parts um, beforehand, and all the other parts like that requires orchestral instruments were written out. And um, they'll just be performed like that with the computer hooked up to the speakers and the instruments going like that. Yeah, that that's a interesting concept. I think uh, that's something that you know it's something new. That that's one thing that you know every industry appreciates something you know thinking outside the box and trying something new. So um, that that could be. That could be really cool for you guys. Um, yeah. And my idea, and my idea, my like my goal is to be able to bring um, like more black kids in, into into the world of orchestral music somehow. And I, I feel like this is a, a way to start that by blending in the culture of hip hop with orchestral music and getting the attention. Um, of kids around Chattanooga, or and like I said, I'm working with um, two younger producers and two um, producers and musicians to try to expose this to them, expose the orchestral music to them. Um, yeah, you got to make it cool before they 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 want to join. Exactly. And, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, and there'll be a um, like a video video presentations as well. So it's really like a clash of all arts, and I'm really try, um exposing my my talents in the video world, um, composing and with beat. So I, I think it gives me a great opportunity to show what I've been working on and what direction I'm going with music. And it, it's kind of hard to sometimes explain what direction I'm going with music because I, I don't I don't feel like what I'm trying to go has been done before. I don't. Yeah. I, there's no um, body I can point to to try to make people more familiar with my idea or um, concepts. Yeah, the new the new uh, introduction of you know so many electronic and digital uh, media, all that all that new discovery. It, it's created such a uh, window of opportunity for a lot of industries um to be kind of disrupted and and it opens opens the door for people who want to you know you know blaze a new trail and and create something new so um you never know what what could happen with it so um we're looking forward to seeing what 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 happens there so that, that that'll be awesome yeah for sure for sure so um were there any other things that you wanted to mention about that or about um, any other team members that um, that kind of influenced you or inspirations along the way or um, kind of turning points for you and, and anything that's going on um, that that you want to bring up or anything like that? Yeah, my first, my, um, 
my composition and um, coach slash teacher, Jonathan McNair. Uh, he's a composer um, who works at UT Chattanooga, but he's composed for many different orchestras across the country and all that. But he's really helped me develop developing um and push me in the right dire- in a in a stable direction with what I'm trying to do um with with cuz he has a great with orchestral music and production and producing um cuz he has a great understanding of music and like the or- orchestral symphonic that's a music that's a whole industry in itself like there's a lot of political things going on. There's, like I said, there's not many black, um, like in general, in that field of composing or players. So he he helped me a lot with not only the music side of the theory and all that with simply composing, but uh, understanding the business aspect of the symphonic um, music. Symphonic industry, um, and he really put helped put together this concert that's coming up um, next week. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, then yeah, keep going. Uh, yeah, and then like I'm working with um, a very talented musician named Heath Swafford, who uh, plays a variety of instruments and we've been working on a project um and he's also a composer as well we've been working on we're in the works of working on a project of and getting um musicians together to perform our music and that'll be um a slash of electroacoustic and um symphonic instruments so i've been working with him on really trying to start this new wave of music as well yeah that's cool so um you got it sounds like you got a great team around you and um you know definitely exposing you know um you know more more of the black demographic to um orchestral music um i think it's unique that you're able to do that in chattanooga um a lot of composers and and you know the music industry you know, it it can be anywhere now because of technology, but a lot of it's like focused in you know major cities. But the fact that you're able to to find a group of talented uh, people for your team around in Chattanooga and, and involve you know the, your community, I think that's a huge accomplishment. And you know, we're I'm I'm hoping the best for you and uh, everything you got going on and. We'll definitely be looking out, and I'll I'll keep uh, everybody posted on that. Uh, when do you think um, I can uh, people can expect to see like a, a finished product per se, or you know a website or something like that in the future? Definitely um, next year, like at the end of this year, starting next year January. That's when I plan to start. Pushing all my uh, all the stuff I've been working on. Um, definitely have a website and a YouTube page for all the videos I've been working on. And 
Um, yeah, so January 1st has been my goal. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've definitely been making strides to getting that done. Nice, nice. All right, so Money Sign Media, keep keep the eyes out. Um, was there anything else you want to say? Or um, otherwise, uh, thanks again for coming on the show and uh, had a great time. Anything else? No, that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you for having me once yeah. again. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I'll I'll have to get you back on the show. We can get updates and see how things are going with your with everything you got going on. And um, but uh, yeah, thanks thanks again, Mike. And I'll uh, talk to you talk to you soon. All right, buddy. That's gonna conclude this episode of the Inspire Wire. This time with Mike Davis. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I had a good time talking with Mike. And um, we look forward to seeing what's going on with him and it, and uh, all of his, his creative pursuits. Um, and like I said again, you guys, check out my... Uh, you can check out uh, more episodes on SoundCloud. Um, just search the Inspire Wire. You can check out my website. I got blog posts. I got more episodes at theinspirewire.org as well as twitter at inspirewirepod or email me at inspirewirepod at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you guys input I'm going to try to do some um, more questions that are more um, generalized so we got a segment where I can you guys can get used to the same questions over and over to get familiar with these guests Maybe something about, you know, where they get their inspiration from. Um, what, are the th- what are the main, what were their epiphanies in life or, or what were some big moments in their life? I was, I, I'm really interested in that because I love learning about um, a, somebody's story and, and where and what were the pivotal moments in their life where they made decisions or, or something happened that really changed the course of, of their life. Love hearing about that. So... And, and feel free to share those stories with me. I love a good story. And that's what it's all about here at the Inspire Wire. So send those in. And uh, see you guys next time. I'll leave you guys with a song. Um, one of my... Uh, since we're on the topic of you know rap producing, things like that. Uh, one of my favorite uh, rap songs was... Uh, or hip-hop songs. Uh, they Reminisce Over You by Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Um, back when we were, uh, playing PS2, uh, Street, NBA Street Volume 2, this was the thing, so, um, enjoy, enjoy.
my granddaddy came sober. Count all the fingers and the toes. Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows. Eighteen years younger than my mama. But I really got beaten so the girl loved drama. In single parenthood, there I stood. By the time she was 21, had another one. This one's a girl. Let's name a Pam. Same father as the first, but you don't give a damn. Irresponsible, plain not thinking. Papa said chill, but the brother keep winking. Still he won't down you or tear out your hide. On your side while the baby make us slide. But mama got wise to the game. The youngest of five kids, hun, here it is. After ten years without no spouse, mama's getting married in the house. Listen, positive over negative for the woman a master. Mother queens rise in the chapter. Deja vu, tell you what I'm gonna do when they reminisce over you, my God. I recall a man off the family tree My right hand Papa Doc I see Took me from a boy to a man So I always had a father When my biological didn't bother yeah. Taking care of this So who am I to bicker? Not a bad ticker But I'm clocking Pop's liver yeah. But you can never say that as life is through Five kids at 21 Believe he got a right to right. Here we go while I check the scene With the Portuguese lover at the age of 14 The same age, front page, no fuss But I bet you all you know They live longer than us right. Never been seen now That's where you're wrong but give the man a taste and he's gone Not no sleep to a jazz tune I can hear his head banging on the wall in the next room I get the pillow and hope I don't wake him For this man to cuss, hear it all in verbatim Telling me how to raise my boy unless he's taking over I said, Pop, maybe when you're older We laughed all night about the hookers at the party My old man standing yelling, good God almighty Use your condom, take sips of the brew When they reminisce over you, for real over you. Listen.